born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I want to speak to you about something I think will help you. And um, before I get into the message, I wanted to read these two emails that I received. One says, thank you for your video presenting the gospel. I have been a Christian for 37 years, but lost my joy due to teaching that insisted that I can lose my salvation. I needed the reminder that Jesus paid it all. My 16-year-old son and I watched the video this morning. I was able to talk, assure him uh, that he can trust in Jesus. He doesn't have to add any works to what Jesus did for him on the cross. But we both walk in assurance today and are trusting Jesus completely. See, a lot of people get confused. They believe they trust Christ as Savior, gives them eternal life, and then later on they believe that they can lose their salvation. Are they still saved? Well, I'll demonstrate that for you this morning. And then I got another letter from someone. It says, hello, I was just looking at the back of this little pamphlet I was given by, I believe his name was Ken in Denver, Colorado. Now, the only Ken I know out there is either... Ken Licata or Ken Sanchez. And, uh, but he says it was in Denver, so I believe it might have been Ken Sanchez. And he's someone who trusted the Lord for my ministry years ago. He said, I was uh, a little confused about what he said, and that you only need to be saved once. But aren't there people who just pretend to be saved or stop caring about sin since they believe they can just do as they please now and they're still saved? And those who claim salvation but don't bear good fruit, which is the proof of salvation. And what about the Bible saying in the last days that many would fall from the truth? I don't mean to attack the idea of being saved once because I would really like to believe that. But I hate to be wrong and then pay for eternity. Thanks for your time. A lot of good statements, a lot of good questions. I get these every day. And I spend a lot of time trying to answer some of these questions. But I wish that everybody preached the gospel the same way. You might use different words, but the message should still be the same. And that you're saved by grace through faith alone. And that works have absolutely no part in your message. I want to have you look there at your notes. In your notes, and these notes, I believe are going to be very, very important for each and every one of you to know down the road. This thing about the two natures, or once saved, always saved, or what about people who believe they can lose their salvation? And how do you walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh? 
All these things are wrapped up in this one sermon. But you'll notice there the question, why only the two natures can explain grace? We all believe that you're saved by grace. But if you don't understand the two natures, you're not going to understand what it means to be saved by grace. Because you're going to have things that are going to happen that's going to cause you to question your salvation. Because are you saved until you sin again? Or if you commit a lot of sins? Or what about you fall out of grace and all these things? So a lot of people have a lot of questions. The problem is understanding this. The requirement for heaven is perfection. Now just stop and think about that one statement alone. To go to heaven, you have to be perfect. Period. Heaven is a perfect place. God is perfect. And to go to heaven, you must be perfect. If you understand that, you can understand the problem. Because people who are trying to earn their way to heaven, if perfection is required, then can you live a perfect life to get there? If you cannot live a perfect life from the time you're born to the time you die, you can't go. You have to be perfect. And there's the problem. Because nobody in this world is perfect. So how do we get to heaven if you have to be perfect and we're not perfect and we cannot earn our perfection by anything that we do? See, it's not a matter of earning perfection because either you're perfect or you're not. Now look at the next statement. If a preacher understood the truth of the gospel, they would never preach that a saved man has to persevere to be saved, stay saved, or to prove one is saved. They wouldn't say, if you're really saved, you're not going to want to live in sin. Or you can't tell me that you can live as you please and still go to heaven. Or I know that I'm saved, but I don't know for sure if I'm going to heaven. I've heard people say these statements all my Christian life. And they got good questions. And so they want answers. And how you answer these questions will reveal whether or not you really understand it or not. Now, look at the next statement. Salvation is making a sinner perfect. If that is not accomplished, there is no salvation. Now, look at these verses, and we'll cover it very quickly, because I want you to see what the Bible says about this perfection business. Look at number one. An eternal salvation must be a perfect salvation. And being made perfect, talking about Jesus Christ, he became the author of eternal salvation. He doesn't have probation. He has salvation. And his salvation is eternal salvation, not temporary salvation. God doesn't save anybody temporarily. Either has to save you forever or he can't save you at all. Because his only salvation he has to offer is eternal. So once you trust Christ as your Savior, he gives to you as a free gift, what? Eternal life. If it's eternal life. Now, if it's not eternal, then don't call it eternal. Call it temporary. Say it. If you're going to mean this, say it. This is what you mean. You have eternal life until you sin again. If that's the way it really is, then that should be stated in the Word of God. But it's not in the Bible. But it causes a lot of questions and confusion with people who try to put it in the Bible when it doesn't belong there. God either saves you forever or he does not and cannot save you at all. Because if you are saved by grace, then there's no amount of work that can take it away from you. Or your works is what keeps it for you. Then you're saved by your works. And no man is saved by his works. Look at the next statement. Number two, the law made nothing Perfect, but it's evident that something else did. Now look at the verse. 
For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing of a better hope did. By the which we draw nigh unto God. The law, a man earning his way, can't make anybody perfect. So why waste your whole life trying to earn something you can never achieve? You say, well, you have to wait till you die to find out if you're good or not. Was I good enough to make it? So they believe they have to live their whole life and do these good and the bad and good and the bad. But whenever I'm all over with and I'm standing before the judge and he puts his scales out there and my good works on this side and my bad works on this side and see whichever outweighs the other, determine which way I go. No, if you got one bad work, you don't go. It has to be totally perfection. One sin, you can't get in. So you want to wait till you die to find out you made the wrong decision? Isn't that a little late? Boy, I'd love to know in advance that I'm going to have eternal life and go with the, be with the Lord in heaven. Look at the next statement. Number three, the law failed to make comers perfect, but the gospel does. Look at that. For the law can never make the comers thereunto perfect. Never. So you want to try to keep the law, keep the Ten Commandments, obey the golden rule, go to church, do all these good deeds, and by your good deeds, God says, it'll never make the comers thereunto perfect. So if you understand that, then you know, leave that out. It's not going to work. So do you have to go to church to go to heaven? No. Give money? No. Change your life? No. Stop your sins? No. Promise to be good? No. None of that has anything to do with going to heaven. And yet there's this Bible that we've been given, and many people don't understand. This whole book, our whole lives, is about this one thing, choosing our destination. And the only way to get to heaven is to do it God's way, and God only gave us one way. Jesus says, I am the way, not a way of many ways. You see, if you could earn your way to heaven, then there would be two ways to get to heaven, God's way and your way. But see, yours don't count, because that's not a way. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Look at the next statement. The perfect payment by the perfect Son of God makes those that are sanctified, pure and holy and set apart, perfect forever. In other words, when Jesus Christ made that one payment on the cross for our sins, then we are justified forever, sanctified forever. We have been perfected forever. And I um, wrote two little questions down here, but I want you to read that little last line that I've got there in the middle of your page in bold. Does the good works of any man meet the requirements of perfection? If a man has to earn his way to heaven, whatever it is, does it make him perfect? And if no works can make a man perfect, then that is not the way of salvation. Because salvation has to qualify you for heaven. I have three little statements here made. Right in the middle of the page, you've got to see this question. Does making Christ the Lord of my life make me perfect? Or right, here I am. I'm going to make Christ the Lord and the master of my life. That means he's going to be the master and I'm going to be the servant. And I promise and I dedicate my life to serve God and he's the master and I'm going to live for God for the rest of my life. At what point am I perfect now? At what point, if I die, will I still go to heaven now? Even though I'm not living a perfect life, well, what made me perfect? That cannot save me. You cannot be saved because you dedicated your life to Christ. You're not saved and go to heaven because 
you determine, I'm going to obey the Lord and serve the Lord for the rest of my life, and he's the Lord and the master of my life. Really? How much areas of your life? Every area of your life? They say, well, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Okay, does that work? Who do you know that's living that perfect life now? That will not save. If that doesn't save you and make you perfect, it doesn't qualify as one of the you know, requirements for salvation. What about the next statement? Does turning from sin make me perfect? Oh, here I am. I drink, smoke, dip and chew and go with the girls who do. So I'm this bad man. I'm a bad man. So if I turn from my sin, I stop my smoking, stop my drinking, stop my cussing, stop running around and stop all these sins. Now, at that, am I perfect now? Am I perfect because I stopped my smoking? Am I perfect because I quit drinking? Am I perfect because, well, I don't want to do those bad things anymore? You're still not perfect. If you're not perfect, that is not required. And yet there's preachers that are saying, this is required. It is not required. It has nothing to do with saving a person. But look how many multitudes of people that are messed up, and yet the consequences is heaven and hell. So, we have a simple illustration that I've got down here. And I want to kind of show it to you. Uh, I'm going to have the oldest boy over here. What's his name? Jace. Sit right there in that chair. Now, I want you to understand this now. This is me. This is me. Good looking kid. This is me. But you can't see me. But this is me here. This is my body with my sinful nature. You see, when I was born into this world 77 years ago, I was good looking just like him. Black curly hair, good looking fella. But this is when I was born into this world. This is my flesh birth. Now, in my flesh birth, I have an old sinful nature. In other words, I do things that I shouldn't do. I do things wrong. Now, remember, this is only an illustration, not against this kid's character. You're quite a character as it is anyway. <laughs> now, what I want you to see is when you understand this old sinful nature that we have, look down there at the bottom of the page, look at the words bad news, the bad news. This is how you are when you were born into this world. This is me, and I have this old man, this old birth over here. This is my flesh birth when I was born into the world. And you'll notice there in your notes, down at the bottom of the page, none righteous, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. All right? This also represents the way everybody is that's born into this world. We all have a flesh birth. It was born first. We all got our flesh birth before we got our spiritual birth. So this old man over here, my flesh birth, God says right here, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So he's not righteous. The next statement, there is none that understand, there is none that seeketh after God. This is a, a lost man, and he doesn't know God, and therefore he doesn't become a child of God. He is a creation of God. The next statement, they're all gone out of the way. They're together, become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. It don't matter how good he wants to be, the Bible says there's no perfection. He is a lost man, and he's going to be separated from God for all eternity. The next statement, I, as it says in letter D, 
all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, short of God's perfection. See, God is perfect. We are not. This is our flesh birth. I have a flesh birth. That's the reason I do what I do, because I live in a body that has a sinful nature. So I allow myself to sin because I was a sinner by nature, by birth, and I'm a sinner by choice. Even when I know to do right, I still do wrong. So I can choose to do wrong, but I'm doing these wrong things because inside of me is this old sinful nature. There's the root that produces this bad fruit. And every one of us is like that. Look at the next statement down at the bottom of the page. Wages of sin is death. And because we all sin, we're all going to what? We're all going to die. So it doesn't matter how many people there are. It doesn't matter how long you live. You're going to die. Sooner or later, you're going to die. And so that's the way it is for every one of us. Now look at the next page. Page 2, top of the page. Are not the children of God. Now look what he says in the verse. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Now look up here. When I was born into this world, my flesh birth, this is not a child of God. I was not a child of God. I was a creation of God, and God is my creator, but I am not his child. He is not my father because I am not born into his family. So God says that uh, I'm lost, and i got to pay a sin debt. Look at letter G. Cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this body over here is made out of flesh and blood. It cannot inherit eternal life. It cannot inherit eternity. Because this body is going to die and corruption cannot inherit incorruption. There's nothing that I can do to make this body better than what it already is. And the longer I stay in this body, this is going to grow up to look like this body. And this body is going to die one of these days. And if he behaves himself, he might live as long as I have. Anyway, the next statement, salvation is not of the flesh. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of work. In other words, there's nothing that I can do to improve my situation. A man cannot save himself. A man cannot improve himself. And just because he cuts off some of the fruit off of the tree doesn't change the tree. An apple tree. Pick some apples off. Still an apple tree. And it's because there's a root that determines the fruit. And so we do these bad things because we have a sinful nature. Now, the man cannot save himself. And what is the requirement to go to heaven? Perfection. Is he perfect? No. If he starts picking some of the apples off the tree, does that make him perfect? If he wishes to be, he was, I wish I was a peach tree, does that make him perfect? He's still an apple tree, and he's still lost. He cannot change what he is. He has absolutely no power whatsoever. He cannot defeat his enemy. He can't free himself from the curse of the law. He can't free himself from dying. And he cannot free himself from this old sinful nature. And I would love to be free from all of this, but I can't be free. I cannot save myself. That's why we need a Savior. Now, being a, having a Savior is a little bit different. So there's something that takes place. I got another chair. You come over here. 
He's a little bit better looking anyway. <laughs> Lo and behold, when I was 18 years old, a man came along and he told me about the Lord. I heard the good news of what Christ did for me. How that he died on the cross, paid for my sins, and if I trusted him as my Savior, he'd give me eternal life. Well, I heard that good news. So what did I do? Well, the Bible says this, John chapter 3. He says, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is of the flesh is flesh. That which is of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you must be born again. So that day when I trusted Christ as my Savior, God gave me a new birth. Now see, there's only one of me. I don't have two or three or four of me. I'm only one person. But I was born with a sinful nature in that body that I have. And that's what you see is my flesh. But when I trusted Christ as my Savior, God gave me a new birth. Now, this one looks almost like this one, but remember, this one is younger than this one. And he is. <laughs> and don't you forget it. So, my new birth is born of God. Because, you see, my flesh, I couldn't give me a new birth. Whenever Jesus says, marvel not that I said you must be born again, Nicodemus made the statement, you mean i got to enter my mother's womb and be born again? Well, if he did a thousand times, he would be no better than the one that's sitting right here. He'd still be born with a sinful nature, still be wrong. He still's not perfect, still can't go to heaven. And he can't see heaven, and he can't enter it, or into the kingdom of God. So, I trusted Christ as my Savior. And he says, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. So when I, Yankee, trusted Christ as my Savior, God gave me a new birth. And this new birth has nothing to do with this flesh over here. God gave me a new birth, a spiritual birth. But he didn't give me another body. I see, I've got to live, both of these natures, I live inside of this one body. So there's uh, two births living inside of one body. But for the sake of illustration, I'm separating it for now so that you can understand it better. This one over here is born of God. Because, you see, when I believe that what Christ did on the cross, he paid for all of my sins that I did. Everything I've ever done, from the time I'm born to the time I die, Christ paid for it. And he was the only one that could deliver me from the law because he took all my sins and paid my sin debt. Now, the law can never touch him. The law cannot condemn him. Why? Because he doesn't have a sinful nature. He can't sin. Why? Because when he trusted Christ as Savior, my second birth, that was born of God. And God has no sinful nature. God doesn't sin. And if he has no sinful nature, it can't sin. And if it can't sin, it can't die. Can this one die? Yes. This one cannot die. That's why when Jesus was at the funeral of Lazarus and he told Mary, he says, if a man believe in me, he shall never die. But if he die, yet shall he live. And without the understanding of the two natures, you can't really explain what he's talking about. You won't really get it. So now this new birth is born of God. It has a divine nature, a nature like God's.
and he cannot sin. So he's totally incapable of committing one single sin. That's why in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. All right, now which one of these births up here is born of God? This one. Appreciate the help. In case you didn't get it, he does. So this one over here is born of God. The one that's born of God cannot commit sin because the seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. This one still sins. This one cannot. So this one can't live divinely, and this one can't live a sinful life. You've got two extremes living inside of your one body. Now, if you understand this, it can go a long way and help you to understand. So when people come along and say, well, if you are a real Christian... You're not going to want to go out here and do all those bad things. Look at the illustration. When God gave me my new birth, he did not change the old one. He didn't do anything to my flesh birth. You see, when I looked into the mirror and I was ugly, and then when I got saved, I was still ugly. (laughs) Only an illustration. It's only an illustration. So now, because I have trusted Christ as my Savior, I'm a child of God. But I have these two births living inside of me. I am the one that decides, will I walk in the flesh or will I walk in the Spirit? And if I walk in the Spirit, then I won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And if I walk in the flesh, I can't be walking in the Spirit. So God lays it out in the Scripture so you'll know what is the works of the flesh and what is the fruits of the Spirit. See, fruit is something that grows, and these are the works of the flesh. When you separate these two, you can get a better picture and understand this. And if I walk in the Spirit, that doesn't annul my flesh. He's still there. So let's say, for example, 10 years from now, you know, I'm not sure I'm saved. I got questions and doubts whether I'm really saved. Well, how do I know I'm saved? Well, I can feel the Spirit. No. I know I'm saved because His Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God through the Word of God. How do I know I'm a child of God? Because God says I am. So when I trusted Christ as my Savior, He gave me eternal life, and I was born into God's family. So in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 19, it makes the statement about us having this seal. The foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. If God has a child, does God know his children? He makes a statement in the book of Matthew chapter 7, when some claim to be his children, he says, depart from me, you wicked. I knew you not. I never knew you. But he does know his children. And whenever you say, I'm not sure I'm saved, well, God knows whether you are or not. And I go by what the Word of God says. And God says He'll never cast me out, never. He'll never lose me. And He can't forsake me. So I am always a child of God once I trust Christ as my Savior. But if I will feed my faith, my doubts will starve to death. But if I feed my doubts, then my faith will starve to death. So if you want to be a strong Christian, then the Bible says, as a child of God, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow thereby and become a strong child of God. 
by reading the Word of God and doing what God wants you to do. And so if you do what God says do, God says, I'll bless you when you get to heaven. I'm going to reward you. I'll bless you here, reward you there. So that's a choice that I got to make. So I decided years ago, if I walk in the flesh, God's going to have to chasten me. But if I walk in the Spirit, God's going to bless me. What do I want? Do I want God's blessings or do I want God's whoopings? You want God's blessings? See there? Smart kid. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.